Hey guys, thank you for tuning in to the Victory is Greater Than the Struggle, an ex-lesbian podcast. Um, Today we're going to be talking about condemnation versus conviction. I think so often we get these two confused because of our situation. So let's go straight into the word. Romans 8, 1, it says, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So when we think about condemnation, have you ever been in situations to where someone is just really making you feel so bad about yourself? Maybe you did something and they keep reminding you how horrible you were, how how embarrassing it was, how, man, you should not be able to even get over that. You should still feel bad about that. People are thinking about that and they're probably looking at you funny. You are feeling condemned. You are feeling minimalized. You are feeling unworthy of forgiveness, right? It's like just being beat down into like a corner to where you're just like, man, I don't even want to get up. I feel this small, right? We feel so small. We feel so little. And we just feel like sometimes we are unworthy of God's forgiveness, unworthy of God's love. That is what the enemy uses against you. In your life, every day, he tries to condemn you into making you feel unworthy of moving forward, unworthy of God's love and forgiveness. He tries to make you feel that he has more power than you do. You in your own might, we have no power. But if you said yes to Jesus Christ, right, and you follow him, If you say yes to Jesus Christ, you make him the Lord and Savior of your life. The Holy Spirit comes to live on the inside of you. So if you have the Holy Spirit on the inside of you, the Holy Spirit, let's look at it as light. The Holy Spirit is light. No darkness can live within you. Does that mean that you are not going to ever struggle with sin? Does that mean that you are not going to ever struggle with, with your thought life? No. Come on. You are going to struggle with these things. But God says, wait, take heart, right? Jesus says, I have overcome the world. We have the tools to be able to defeat the enemy, and those tools are within us. But the problem is we do not believe that the Holy Spirit within us is greater than the devil in front of us. We do not genuinely feel that we can overcome these thoughts, these habits, these hurts, these hangups, because it seems to be just so overwhelming. It seems to be just so much, and we get so frustrated because we're looking at the circumstances, and we don't look at the God who is bigger than our circumstances. If you, um, I'm a visual person, right? So I look at this picture as me being in the middle of waves in the darkness in the middle of the sea and it's dark and the waves are big and it's scary and if you imagine yourself in the middle of the sea you are so small you are nothing compared to these waves these waves will eat you up alive right and you're thinking my god how am i gonna get out of this how am i gonna overcome this this is impossible and jesus is standing in front of you Jesus is standing in front of you and he's saying, look at me, focus on me. Don't focus on the waves. Stop looking at the waves. Don't look down at how deep those oceans are. Don't look 
down and think of how many miles below is the bottom of this ocean and it just takes a second to fall. To be capsized by these waves, to be engulfed by these waters. Don't look at that. Look at me. I know your situation and your circumstances seem bigger than, than, than me because you're, you're looking at me and I just look like a person in front of you, right? And it looks like the waves might take me too, but I have overcome all of that. I know you've been reading the word. I know sometimes it's hard to believe that the word uh, is true, that all of these things are for right now, for this time and period. I know that it can be difficult sometimes to believe that these are not just stories because that's what the devil does. He gets into your mind and he wants you to think. He, he wants you to mim- minimalize the word of God into nothing, into fairy tales, into Greek mythology. He wants you to minimalize those things to think that this can't happen now. Healing, transformation, the power of the Holy Spirit isn't for you, isn't for today, maybe for special people, but that's it. Jesus says, wait, take heart, focus on me, look at me, look me in my eyes, look at my face, focus on me, don't focus on what's around you. What happens when we focus on him? What does it mean to focus on him? It means to open up the word, believe that the word is true, believe that the word is is real and alive for right now, for today, for you, that these promises are for you. God wants you to increase your faith. Man, I don't think much can happen if we have a little bit of faith. I'm saying this because, man, this has been a struggle for me. This is something that God is continuing to walk me um, um, into. Like he tells me, Jessica, you need to work on your faith. You need to believe that you, that, that, that the power on the inside of you, the Holy Spirit on the inside of you is greater than the circumstances around you. You need to have faith, Jessica, that I can do the impossible you need to have faith and realize that the thoughts that you're having are not yours now let's take this to the era of uh let's take this to the avenue of of having lived a homosexual life we lusted we lusted some more that became a lifestyle right being attracted to the same sex desiring it We had thoughts, we had feelings, we had actions. So now let's move back. Now let's take it to right now, to where God has called us out of that and we're trying to uh, renew our mind. And then every now and then, or maybe frequently, we have those thoughts. Again, we have those thoughts and those thoughts say, hey, look at her. Hey, why don't you think this thought this is your thought. These are, these, are, these are your thoughts. And then we get confused because we're like, man, I'm trying so hard. I'm, I'm, I'm following God. I'm doing the best that I can. But these thoughts are attacking my mind. And honestly, I feel as though they're my thoughts. I don't feel like it's the enemy putting them in my mind. I feel like they're my thoughts because this reminds me of who I used to be. These are the thoughts that I used to have. But think about this. The enemy knew you before. He knew your pattern of, 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 of thinking. He just uses the same thing, and he tries to get you to believe that it's your thought. Now, you could take that thought, 
and say, you know what? Yeah, let me play with this thought. Let me look at that. Let me dwell on this. Let me let me paint this picture in my mind and just fantasize about it because that fleshly part of you that you're trying so hard to kill, sometimes you just want to gratify it. Sometimes you want to say, okay, just for a couple minutes. No one's going to know. Let me just think this. Let me just play with this for a couple of minutes. But what happens? That initial thought is a seed that begins to grow. Any seed that begins to grow, it takes root and it grows into something that just becomes out of control. We have to take every thought captive into the obedience of Christ, but we have to also recognize, wait a second, even though I may struggle with thinking that this is my thought, I declare and decree that this is not my thought. These are not my thoughts. This is, the, this is not the way I want to think. I am moving forward in Christ, and these thoughts are trying to pull me back. They are not mine. I plead the blood of Jesus over my mind. I plead the blood of Jesus over my body, over my household. I declare the full armor of God upon me right now in Jesus' name. Devil, get behind me. Every, every fiery dart of the enemy, I cast it down right now in Jesus' name. We have to do this. We have to declare these things. How do you fight the enemy? Like that. But sometimes we let, our, we, we let our thoughts get the best of us. And then we sit in it. And then we sulk in it. And the enemy wins. And he gains more territory and more ground. And we're focusing more on the waves. And we take our focus off of Christ Jesus. So when we focus on Christ Jesus, we're saying, I believe that what the word says, it's true. Uh-uh, no. Greater is he who is in me than he who is of that word. I declare and I decree it in Jesus' name. These thoughts are not mine. They're of the enemy. Because the Bible says that I have a sound mind. The Bible says that I have the fruit of the spirit. I have self-control. I have love. I have goodness, right? I have all of these things. And if What's going on in my mind is not lining up with the word. That means that the enemy is trying to gain territory. So I rebuke it in Jesus name. I'm not focused on what I feel. I'm not focused on, 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 on what I see, but I am declaring the word of God. When we have created these grooves in our minds and in our brains, these patterns of thinking for so long, we've created grooves in our brain and we're so used to following those grooves. We're so used to following those grooves, so used to following those, those negative thought patterns. We're so used to gratifying our flesh. We're so used to listening to the enemy. And so when we're trying to renew our mind, when we're trying to say, okay, I'm going to focus on Jesus, we are changing the grooves in our mind to line up with the word of God. And that's not always easy. Because we are trying to pave a way that we are not used to. It feels uncomfortable. Declaring the word of God over your life feels uncomfortable. Declaring the full armor, it feels childish. Saying, wait, no, 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 um, I rebuke those thoughts. It seems absolutely ludicrous. Why? Because we aren't used to that. But in order to change the way we think, we have to, we have to believe in the word of God. And then begin to follow that even though it's uncomfortable, even though it doesn't make sense. That's how we change those grooves in our brain. And then that old groove pattern that we have developed all of our life, it begins to grow grass. Eventually, we can't see those grooves as clear because no one's 
treading on them anymore. We aren't walking down those paths anymore. It begins to become unclear and we can't really see it. And then we forget about it because we have this new groove pattern over here, a new way of thinking, a new way of speaking, a new way of declaring. That's what we have to do. So condemnation gets us to follow those groove patterns that we have followed all of our life. Conviction, on the other hand, is from God. Conviction is a good thing. John 3, 17 says, For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Saved through Christ Jesus. 1 John 3, 20 says, for whenever our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart. He knows everything. So when God convicts us, all conviction is trying to do is saying, wait, turn from that sin. I want you to stop driving on these groove patterns. I want you to switch to another pattern. I'm trying to convict you. I'm trying to get you to see that this is not good or healthy. We feel convicted. We feel a bit bad about it, right? We should feel bad about it. Wait, uh-uh. I feel bad about that. I'm going to turn from that. I'm going to go this way. But the devil says, you feel bad? Yeah, 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 yeah. You, sh you should feel bad. Look at you. You're a horrible person. You're a horrible Christian. You're trying to be out there preaching the word of God. Look at you. Look at you. He tries to turn the conviction into condemnation. I love it. Romans 8, 34, it says, who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised? Who is at the right hand of God? Who indeed is interceding for us? Jesus is spending his time interceding for us, praying for us, fighting for us. And the Holy Spirit who he gave to us is on the inside of us to work and to will, to do all the things that are good and pleasing unto God. Guys, we have all that we need to kick the devil out of our hearts, out of our minds, out of our homes. But so many times we are listening to condemnation and it's paralyzing us. It's keeping us stagnant. Romans 8, it's 1 through 39, but we aren't going to read all of it. It says, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. For God has done what the law weakened by the flesh could not do by sending his own son in the likeliness of sinful flesh and for sin, he condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the spirit, they set their mind on things of the spirit, on things above. So condemnation beats us into a pulp, makes us feel unworthy. Conviction 
reminds us, hey, this is the wrong path to take. Let's change it. Yeah, we feel bad about it, but it causes us to turn. It causes us to repent. That's what I want you to get. Conviction causes us to turn from our sin and repent. God always wants us to turn from that path and to repent, saying, God, I am sorry. I was so wrong. Forgive me. I repent. I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to think this way. I don't want to keep hiding this one area of my life while I am talking about how amazing Christ Jesus is. I repent. Help me. And every time you mess up, that is every time that you repent. If you look at the adulterous woman, right? And everyone's ready to stone her, right? She's out there doing God knows what with who knows what. And people are ready to stone her. And Jesus says, wait a second. I'm not here to condemn you. I just want you to sin no more. Get up. I don't condemn you. I'm just trying to tell you, don't sin anymore. You're forgiven. You're loved. I know that you're hurting. I know that your past has, has, has predestined your future. But we're going to switch that up right now. I don't condemn you. I love you. I forgive you. I have mercy upon you. Just get up and don't sin anymore. Does that mean that you're going to be like Jesus and never sin? Of course not. But conviction encourages us to repent, to turn, and when we feel as though we're going to fall, we have the Holy Spirit to guide us. In those times when we mess up and we say, I'm choosing not to listen to the Holy Spirit, I'm going to do me over here. The Holy Spirit continues to convict us and says, come on, come on, don't gratify the desires of your flesh anymore. Don't gratify those desires. Pick up your stuff. Follow me. I don't condemn you. I love you. And every time you screw up, I'm still fighting for you. I'm still fighting for you. Because I love you. Because you are my child. Because I do not wish for you to fall away and to perish. I will leave the 99 for that one to go get you and bring you back. Bring you back to the flock. I have my rod and my staff here to guide you, to steer you in the right direction because I am your shepherd. I am your good shepherd. I am your good father. I love you. Thank you for tuning in, guys, to The Victory is Greater Than the Struggle, an ex-lesbian podcast. This will also be on my YouTube. Check me out on YouTube, Love at the Cross. Um, the podcast is geared strictly for um, ex-homosexual issues, people that are struggling with the homosexual lifestyle and they're wanting out. God is calling them out. That is strictly for those individuals. Now my YouTube channel, it talks about everything under the sun, any type of topic, unforgiveness, hurt, anger, fear, whatever it is, please follow me. And I have a conference coming up September 
uh, 21st, 2019, this year. I'm so excited. You want to be there. We're going to be talking about the love of Christ. We're going to be talking about what gay theology is. We're going to be talking about how we can use the Bible, the word of God, to say, wait a second, gay theology is not it. It's inaccurate. It's false. And all using love in order to do that. We don't condemn. God uses us to convict the people so that they turn from their sin. And we love them whether they turn or not because God first loved us. I love you guys.